I'm your host, Richard Mercer. If there's someone out there tonight, someone special that you're thinking of, or someone that might be thinking about you, please get in touch with our switchboard and dedicate a song to them. We have our first caller on the line. It's Andrew from Hobart. Hello, Andrew. Oh, good day, mate. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, Andrew. Is there someone special out there that you're thinking of tonight? Yeah, me, um, my half sister, um, <laughs> Janine. <laughs> no. Hello, Janine. Andy, you've wanted to request uh, "Horses" by Daryl Braithwaite. Fucking oath, my oath. G- greatest song. And does that song have a special meaning for you and Janine? It does, because me and Janine, we used to ride on horses. Would Janine? Would Janine think that you're a bit of a horse, Andrew? Yeah, she's called me a horse's ass before. That is just beautiful. Yeah, well, pretty romantic. Here it is, horses by Daryl Braithwaite for Andrew and Janine out there. Janine, I hope you think of Andrew when you fall off that horse and he picks you up again. Fuck that. It's one off the wood, mate. It's one off the wood. <laughs> you remember? The only time we talk about horses <laughs> here is when they've been fucked. <laughs> In Wollongong. <laughs> Do you remember uh, 106, was it Smooth FM? Love song dedication to Richard Mercer. Yeah, it's pretty good. That, was, that guy was a weapon, wasn't he? Yeah, the lung, so- the lung song, the love song dedication has gone the way of the mixtape in that yeah, I don't think it's happening anymore because you can't really call up Spotify. I guess you can, t- you can text a song to someone and tell them that this yeah. is a love song dedication, but it's not the same. You need the guy, the you need out. Richard Mercer. You need him to be there to be like make the connection. I, I don't know how many times people are like, yeah, I'm calling up because John O's in jail and I know that he listens, you know, tonight and I'm just fucking thinking about him. Like, oh, that's beautiful. That's nice. <laughs> it's a nice way to get get the message out there. But um, unfortunately, do you reckon that guy is? Do, do you reckon he in real life? That's how he is, or does he put the character on for? Uh, hello there, it's Richard Mercer. Um, I'd like a large Big Mac meal um, and a hash brown. <laughs> Drive through. Thank you, I will. <laughs> that sounds hot. A weapon. Yeah, old Richard Mercer. I remember thinking about uh, dedicating a song to a special someone back in probably year seven or something. But um, yeah, look, I think I need more of that on DJs. That's what radio's got to be, right? Yeah. You know, everyone, they want to listen to their tunes. You want to hear people calling up for that. Did you ever, you know, that's have you ever rang up back. on radio? Have you called up and been that, that listener that dialed in? Um, I definitely, I feel like I would have. Oh, I requested like the Hurricane by Bob Dylan once, and they refused to play it. They're like, "Have you got another song that's too long for radio?" <laughs> you got, you got one like, that's not twelve nah. minutes long. Pistol strutting, naughty, and great tune though. Great tune. Um, <laughs> great tune. Apparently, um, old mate, the Hurricane did it though, and Bob Dylan's a bit pissed because like he's admitted to it four oh, years really? later or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't know the story. I know there's a movie. He was a boxer. And he was, was falsely accused of murder because I, I know because of the song. 
But you're saying he did it? Yeah. Yeah, and he's admitted that he did it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did it. But thanks, Bob. Bob's yeah, a bit right. pissed. That's probably why he put out a new album. You put out a whole song for this guy. Like, a lot of effort goes into a song, and then you find out he did it. <laughs> Especially a 12-minute long song. Yeah. Was- if he should have written a, a less long song, and he wouldn't have, yeah. That's good. That's good to know that he did it. Um, I don't know, like... Do you reckon the, Bob? Do you reckon Bob? Why not? Um, it's nice to catch up with you face to face. We got FaceTime on today. Yes, I missed you a little bit. Yeah, it's you've um you've got a pretty well trimmed beard, well trimmed head. Everything's well trimmed. Fancy yeah, business meetings. We're back into you know over here no COVID time, so you got a face to face meeting. So I've got to keep my shit together. Yep. We went back to the office for, well, I went back for one day and that was it. And then they, they got scared because of what's happening in Melbourne. Said, ah, stay at home. It's like, all right, I'll keep staying at home. So, yeah. Sydney. So legit, you've, you've been working from home long time. Since start of March, I guess. When like when did we do that podcast, Round the Grounds? That was when it was all a bit scary. Feels like a long time ago. Yeah. Because it's August that now. Was, yeah. Mid-March, I had... I had suspected case of COVID, touched the void, came back, and then we did that round the grounds. Yeah. Did you ever get tested like, after that's that? A long time. Nah. <laughs> well, no. The answer's no. no. But, but you might I have the like, antibodies because nah, I, I remember it. just as COVID started, you got sick as a dog. Crook as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I've spread it around my office now, so they've all got the antibodies. We're all fit a fit AF in there. Hey, um, it is one off the wood. Yes. And again, two weeks in a row, I'm off the exports. Just, I do miss them though. I was thinking tonight, fuck, I wish I just had a cold export because they just go down too well. But I've got a new tin instead. It's a, um, it's a Kawarum Up or Quarum Up Brewing Company. It's nice. a Pilsner yep. in a brown can. Family owned West Australian uh, microbrewery. It's quite nice. Nice. Quite nice. Full of flavour. All these microbreweries, um, they're full of flavour. I like them. It's nice. It's local. Cost me bloody twenty bucks for a four pack, or something like that. Um, what sort of beer and, is it? Uh, well, it says it's a pilsner, but it tastes oh, pilsner, a lot like a pale that. ale. Like it does taste a lot like a pale ale. So um, they talk a lot about the brewing company. The name Quarrumup originates from the Aboriginal word Kawara, which is the native name for the purple-crowned lorikeet, not a cow, as Cowtown is full of cows now these days. Yeah, but uh, yeah, look, it's it's a nice it's a nice tasty beer for one off the wood, something different, not sessionable, not as smashable as Carlton Dry, or Export, or Platinum, or whatever those other smashable beers were we talked about last time. Yeah, but good, but good. Um, and you're now we're in August. You're back on the tins, mate. Yes, I'm back on the booze. I took, I did dry July. And I've had a few drinks here and there. I haven't had a heap of beers. I've been just having a little whiskey here and there. But tonight I thought it'd be the right thing to have a beer. So I went like, there's so many to choose from. And they're also like, the cans are all really like fancy and colored these days. So I don't I know what they to are. Pick. Marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing in beers has come a long way in 20 years. You no longer just put like a badge on it with a kangaroo or, or a WA, just whack a native animal on it and it'll sell. Yeah. No. You've got it's work for it 
it's all full on. But these these guys are called Hop Sauce. Uh, I think they're from Sydney, but it says it's brewed in Marrickville, which is not far from here. Yeah, Hop Sauce, Aussie beer. I don't know anything about it. Allegedly independent. It's a pale ale. Um, and it, it's actually pretty good. It's a yellow can, pretty can. But yeah, it looks a bit sauce. like a 4X can from here. Like a what? 4X. Like a 4X can. Yeah, I think low res, you'd be forgiven for confusing it with a 4X. But um, nah, got one of them. But the other one I saw. Are on, they tasty? Yeah, tasty. How taste, many could you smash? I reckon I could drink. Well, I've got four. It's it's pretty um. It's an American pale ale. You know what it's like. I could drink four of them, no worries. But I probably wouldn't drink twelve. <laughs> so somewhere yep. between four and twelve. <laughs> I think that's how they should rate beers, and yeah. not like, like they have the, this many hops, this many blah blah whatever. It's like no no. How many could I drink? How many are we looking at before we need to go back to export? Yeah, what's the session rating? It's like oh, one to two. So one to two is like a really strong milk stout. It's like you're not going to sit there and have more than two. Two to six, which is like a IPA or something like I'm drinking right now. Six to 12, you're starting to get into the Cooper's Pale Ale or something, you know, maybe a beach, Bridgeworth, Beechworth. Um, pale yeah something with something with dry on it yeah almost and then 12 plus is your emus yeah crisp your 4x your your smashable lagers yeah session ratings i like it let's bring that in every week so what is the session rating of that beer so what's your session rating for the um quorum up quorum up um quorum up pilsner uh Four, four. It's a, it's a tops of a four because, you know, if I'm having four of these, I don't have to eat dinner. That's yep. where I'm at, which is quite heavy for a pilsner. Yeah, well, that's another marketing that has not been done as like meal replacement beers. <laughs> well, that's like, the black and tan. Yeah, the, the Cooper's, um, Cooper's yellow, the double stout, yep, or yep. I think it was called double. Yeah, you have a bit of that, the black and tan, add a bit of coke. And that's dinner. You have two pints of that and you fucking sort it, as in Coca-Cola. Yeah. And you fucking, that's a meal. Let's, that's a tip. Like if you're on a, a Bucks weekend or something where dinner's out of the question, <laughs> then just stick to a few of those beers around 6 p.m., <laughs> have maybe two or three of them and then get back on the emus. <laughs> yeah, and just roll along. Roll oh, along. Perfect. Brilliant. Then, yeah, interrupt again at 9 a.m. for a couple for breakfast and then back on the emus if you're going to be a full-blown back alcoholic. <laughs> Now look at that. That's what beer's for. Though. I think it's it's underrated um, where it should be. Hey, um, I had a week off last week, and I went down and did the Kate to Kate. Do you want to talk about it? I would like to talk about it with you because you were doing like Instagram updates, and I, sometimes I, I I didn't listen to them all, but I was like following. I was like, was this having a good time? It looks like everything's sick. And then when I checked next, you had to pull the pin. So yeah, I'm interested, and you should tell the stories of what happened. It's adventure time. Oh, it's it's adventure time. We need yeah. a theme no, song. it's been <laughs> it's been good. Like I was I was real pumped on it because that bluff trip was good um, get away. But I was you know angry pants in the lineup, not <laughs> so much stress and with heaps of leave up time. I was kind of like pumped to go and do Cape to Cape. And everybody in WA talks about doing Cape to Cape, but no one gets off their ass and bloody does it because. It's kind of hard. And Hang like on a second. Hikes and Just remarks. hold up, hold up, because 
looking at the statistics of our podcast, only around 30% of listeners are actually from WA. A lot of them are not from WA. So what is the Cape to Cape walk? Yeah, good good chat. Um, so Cape to Cape, Margaret River Peninsula from the top end above yelling up Eagle Bay sort of area is Cape Naturalist. And the bottom end is Cape Lewin, which is where the two oceans meet. So you've got the uh, Indian Ocean and the Southern Ocean. There's a lighthouse, a town called Augusta. And between those two capes, there's a bushwalk. Uh, pretty much follows the coast the whole way, a bit on beach. Uh, the section I did, a lot on the beach and a <laughs> um, bit on the cliffs. And you, yeah, you're looking at 124 k's is the total. So yep. four to five days, four days if you're pushing it, five days um, is still, it's, yep. it's pretty good, good yep. going. So it's a, it's a good long bushwalk, but um, it's quite achievable especially the top end you go through a few towns so you can actually do it kind of glamping where you can stay in yelling up gracetown yep. preverly and get pop, a hotel pop in for one off the wood and, pack, and a and a cannery and a sounds pie. like a yeah, bloody great packer a lot hit the pie shop take one off the wood um just quickly on cape naturalist yeah isn't naturalist like nudist isn't that like a uh, so is that don't know. a nudist colony it's not, but there's seals out there and they don't wear shirts or anything, so it could be. The original nudist seal colony. Seals just yeah. laying around on the rocks. <laughs> Wearing their leather jackets. Well, tell, tell, tasty, us, tell us more then. So, you were going to undertake this solo because you've got no mates? Well, I couldn't just... Maybe. Maybe that's the real case, but I like to think that <laughs> people just can't get motivated to do stuff like that. Like, you have time off oh, I'm not going to take it to a bushwalk. So I was like, fuck it. I'm not trying to tee up with anyone. I'm just going to go and get it done. And I've probably August is the shittest weather in Perth and I've chosen to do it in then. And I did get heckled by a lot of people because this weekend that I went down there was horrendous. Like, I think they got 30 or 40 mil of rain, this howling wind, unwalkable. And the following weekend was the same. But they're like, oh, you chose a shit week. Unwalkable. Like, nah. like, you can walk in nah. that weather. That's walkable. That's what I said. If, if I anyone like, says unwalkable, walking, you just stop being friends with them right then and there because that sounds pretty walkable to me. It's just raining and windy. It's just raining. Like, exactly. You don't, unwalkable I, would be comeback. there's a bushfire. It's unwalkable. That's the only reason. Agreed. Even then, you could probably jump in the ocean and swim sections. So it's doable. It's a beach walk, right? Exactly. The sand doesn't so burn. Bushfires shouldn't stop you. You walk. An outbreak of... You're walking on glass. No, it's walkable. Basically every day, 365 days a year, walkable. Yeah, I I agree. Um, And I was, my comeback was like, you didn't, I didn't choose to be alive today. It's like, do you think back in the day, people like, oh, no, it's too hard to be alive and outside. We'll just, we'll just do nothing. We won't eat today. Like, no, fuck that. Just get amongst it. And you have a different adventure. And and I was actually kind of looking forward to the... uh, having some solo time and not seeing too many people and getting yeah. a bit, you know, ref- introspective and shit. So it was good. I mean, have some of own, those, I remember our fresco wanks that we always talk about. <laughs> one of those ones. I was looking at this, um, I was at James, James's farm and it's pissing down rain and these, um, emus just wander out of the bush and like eat. And I'm like, they don't give a fuck. It's raining. They just turn their ass to the wind and get on with life. And it's like, that's the attitude you've got to have. Like we're so retarded that we're like, oh, it's raining. Shit. Yeah. But emus, to be fair, have a pretty nice, nice jacket of feathers. They're kind of shaped to deal with the rain, like very long 
Yeah, there's not yeah, much. Yeah, I got I, Gore-Tex. You got Gore-Tex? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you good then. Anyway, good. so um, I'll take you through a bit chronologically. So the um, I just I was originally going to go north to south because you have the sun at your back, you got better, you know, the glare, so better views, sort of thing. But then when the weather was horrendous, I changed that and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll act like the emu, get the wind, put my ass into the wind, and walk that way. And when um, <laughs> act James like an emu and just run straight in front of the car. And just not veer off the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get it, get it done. And this, um, anyway, when James dropped me off down at Augusta, I could barely open the door to the Ute, like it was fucking horrendous. And I looked at my app; it was like sixty kilometers an hour winds was sustained with gusts up to eighty k's and just rain. Like, so I left at one forty-five p.m. because I'd waited for the worst of the weather to go, and then started walking. And I very quickly realised that. I haven't been hiking in a long time. Like I used to do heaps with Pete back in the day. We used to hike into places in Victoria, go and um, we'd go bushwalk in and then camp out at rivers and go fly fishing. And yeah. mate, it's been a long time since those days. <laughs> so I had no idea how much water I had to carry or like how fast I could walk. And I did not factor in beach walking in a big swell and onshore winds is fucked because there's no beach left. So very quickly <laughs> realized I'd cooked it here. Yeah, right. But, so you'll some of the beach sections you've got onshore winds swell. So there's no yeah, what, so, so did you walk in the water or walk sort of on the top of the dune? On top of the dunes. I'm yeah. walking on top of the dunes. Uh, like you know where it washes out, so there's like basically a big drop off. It causes that little cornice yeah. to, to go on. So you're either on top of the cornice or on top of the dunes. And the, the So you were in an Indiana Jones that, movie the whole time, just running as it falls down. Behind you, yeah, yeah but, I, but I had a a pack on, and I took like I took three pairs of spare underpants. Like I don't change my underpants at the best of times. Why the fuck did I take three pairs of spare underpants? You just need dry that was undies. Ridiculous behaviour. Yeah, you you. Well, I, th- I think three is okay. For how many days was it supposed to be? Five days. Five days. But yeah, I had no. the car parked in Preverly. Okay. Yeah. No. You two to three pairs pairs of underpants. You need to be able to have a dry pair. That's pretty key. Dry socks is probably more important, but if you got wet scrubs, you're you're gonna chafe, and that's uh, it's gonna be a bad, bad time. time. So the this is my my setup. Walking with the wind at my ass, I parked the car at Preverly, meaning that halfway through I can either tap out or I've got a car to go get some food or whatever needs to happen. So that was my setup, and it's sixty five k, so that's like the halfway point. So yeah. anyway, I've sorted it out. Very quickly realised that I've cooked it here and don't know what I'm doing and 16Ks to Deep Dean campsite in sand took me four and a half hours um, so it was dark by That's the time okay. I got there. That's oh, alright. Okay. It, was, it was getting dark but it's fine. Not a problem. A horrendous storm comes in and the campsite at Deep Dean's really good because it's off the beach um, but I turned my head torch on and it quickly ran out of batteries because I hadn't replaced them since the bluff trip so good. no head torch. <laughs> Tent up in the dark. It's like, this is fucked. Um, anyone else but there? No one else there. No one around. No one on the beach. Perfect. Didn't see anyone. Perfect. Nope. Brilliant. Was actually at this time enthusiastic and loving it, but hadn't quite hit that hiking zone. Now, something happened very early on in the hike. It was about kilometre three, just before the little sign-in book. I was walking along the track, just like, oh, yep, I'm good here. Raincoat on. It's pissing rain. In the middle of the track, 
I'll see this thing. And you know, you know, like everywhere, country, Australia, there's like some fucking hick who's like, yeah, we got a fucking panther down here. Yeah, legs the size of my arms. It's a fucking big fucker. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll then you, I've, I remember news reports in, in Hobart when All I was a time. kid. There's fucking the panther was out and about. Big classic trail. one, Victoria. Yanaki Panther down north of Wilson's Brom. There's a classic, <laughs> many sightings. Anyway, I'm, I'm now one of those guys. I've, I've seen a panther. Is this the photo the that you sent me today with no context? This is the photo that I sent you. I, so I'm on this track. I've just started. And ahead of me, there's this... I thought it was a... You know those wallabies that are really dark? Like, a, I don't know, they're rock wallabies or... Hey, 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 hey. We are Equal Opportunity <laughs> yeah. Podcast here. We don't talk about dark wallabies, albino wallabies. They're just wallabies, okay? It's just wallabies. They're all created equal. Except for those fucking quali- paddy melons. <laughs> they are a disgrace. They should be rounded up and walked off a cliff somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you saw a panther. So, I spot this wallaby on the track, and I'm like, big black, black, quite dark, really dark, not quite black, but dark. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, right in the middle of the track. It's less than 10 metres in front of me. It's on single track, and the bushes next to me are about chest high so like quite thick chest high out of the wind perfect anyway this thing hears me and turns around and i'm less than 10 meters from it spots me and then just dives into the bushes on the right hand side and as it goes in i'm like that's not a fucking wallaby and this thing has gone into the bush without obviously jumping but its tail was like the thickness of like say a champagne bottle like real thick Black, bushy, and thickness then of a like champagne bottle. Speckled, Which end of the th- champagne like bottle? The 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 ass end, like thick, thick, thick like thicker tail. than my arm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, and then it was furry, and real bushy, bushy, very furry. Yeah, wasn't bushy. like thick with um, flesh. It not had, solid. Not had, no, no, no. Yeah, like, like a big fluffy very, tail. Very fuzzy. Like okay. a like one of those dust old school dusters. Yeah, and it had a like white speckled stripe through subtle white speckled stripe through this tail i'm like that is not a wallaby because it didn't jump it just disappeared through and you know how like kangaroos they're rowdy motherfuckers they make a lot of noise in the bush and they cut tracks and you can see where they go yeah, on their normal thumping parts. through and hitting branches they're they're not yeah. stealth so not stealth this thing was stealth and because it was such a narrow track just boom disappeared and i'm like blew my mind i was like whoa 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 hang on i'm am i tripping here what's going on and then i walked the five or six meters up to where it went in i'm looking through the bush there's no like hole or anything it's just gone straight through this thick scrub and then in front of me i'm thinking what the fuck like that was literally it was the size of like a a small labrador like that size dog like not not a giant lab but not cat size and then I'm thinking, right, scats and traces. I remember bushwalking with my old man. Scats and traces. I look at the track in front of me, and that's the photo I sent you. There's this paw print on there, and I've measured this against my hand, and I'll post this photo for one off the wood listeners. There's a cat's paw print with claws in there, 
and it's eight centimeters against my hand. That's an eight centimeter long paw print. Like cats have small paws. Sure, it wasn't a dog. Hundred percent, not a dog. So, so it's a. It was a panther. It, man, the thing was just, huge. I think you should just like, say call a spade a spade here. You've seen a panther. The the I'm I'm one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm that now. I've, but then so I'm walking along. I'm thinking, fuck. You're now I'm one of those guys. Now I'm one of those dickheads who's like, oh, I've seen a panther in the bush down Augusta Way. The thing is though, like I I believe you because they're out there. They're just they're feral cats that that done good and got massive. Um, it's huge. This thing's got so many bilbies in its belly. It must be massive. Yeah, I mean, it's a free-for-all. Like you said, like kangaroos are noisy and not stealth and not many of the other nocturnals are that stealth. So the cats just clean up. They jump on the boat, Mate, come oh. over here from Europe and clean up. Un- unbelievable. So that was That's cool. kilometer three. And it is like that paw print is fucking, it's pretty big for a cat. But um, at the end of that, it's a cat. You should have given a little scratch behind the ear and kept it on your way with it. Anyway, so that was the start of my trek, 16Ks. (laughs) Camped at Deep Dean. The creek, obviously, with 40 mil of rain the day before, was real deep and uh, there was no sign of Dean at all. Bloke was not around. I was going to say, what's a Dean? Because I've done other coastal walks. There's the Great Ocean Walk. I think they run universities. Universities, I think. Okay. The heads of heads of yeah. university, so it's not a coastal um, headland. Nah, place a, of education. Right, <laughs> it's a place of education. Well, fuck yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe, maybe these coastal hamlets are places to educate yourself. Deep, deep education. Heaps of mushrooms near the campsite. Deep education. So anyway, of. you're 16 k in. You've been attacked by a, a Shen panther, um, but you made it to Camp One. The weather's shit. There's no beach left. You're you start loving it. You're loving life, basically. What what happens next? Yeah, I had a fat time. I was like, this is actually, it was good. I was just it t- takes that time to get into the zen, and um, so then uh, day two, the pack up. There was pissing rain um, in the morning, and I just did the classic, like pack up all your shit in the rain. Um, you know, pull the inner out of the tent. Got just got going. Didn't eat any breakfast because I've been smashing the keto diet, so I wasn't hungry at all, which is epic. Just just basically packed nuts, salami, uh, and peanut butter for this trip. And two liters of cream. I tell you what, that's a two liters of cream. Massive advantage because you don't you don't have to pull a transure out, reheat anything, add water to stuff. Like it was actually the keto diet for this genius so i got refrothing because i've been going real hard on it for a couple of weeks so, so it, it refrothed me on the keto did you action. yeah that's interesting because i think about that for trips like this so how long did you do keto for before the trip two weeks solid like 100 yeah. out apart from a couple of tins but if someone who was brand new to keto they would need to do it for longer than that but i think once you've done it a few times you you f- flick over pretty quick. Well, I haven't done it for a while, but but um. So, it, did you take a a cooker at all? I I actually I carried a cooker and I carried fucking five hundred mils of fuel as well. Didn't yep. use it once. So more kilos that no I coffees? out of practice probably didn't need to carry. 
Well, I had coffee with me, but I just, because it was pissing rain and windy in the morning, it was like, fuck this. I'm not pulling out this stuff to do it. I don't need to eat. I'm not hungry. I just packed my shit up in the rain and got going. Yeah. So, no, yeah, no coffee. That's a massive thing of keto. Like, yeah, no coffee. Just punched it. It just made me think, um, we were up at Mount Bogong once and we'd camped up up there just to go skiing, Mount, Mount Bogong in Victoria. And um, yeah, camped up there for a couple of nights and would ski two or three runs a day. And we saw this guy, he's just cutting laps and we crossed paths with him. <laughs> he's like, hey boys, how you doing? He's like, yeah, mate, we're doing good. He's like, oh, I just come up for the day. So I just run up and do a few laps and run down, which is a fucking mission to, to go up there and do multiple things. And then he reaches into his pocket, pulls out like a Nescafe satchel. <laughs> he goes, yeah. I don't bother mixing it up. I just eat it straight out of the satchel and have a swig of water. Rips the top off, chucks it, chucks it in his mouth and then swigs out of his drink bottle. It's like, yes, mate, you are a fucking mad dog. And then he just shot back that up guy. the hill and left us in his dust. Like That guy just needed to, the shapes vision. Just chasing shapes yeah, on I'm the Nescafe. I'm just up here satchel. chasing shapes and eating Nescafe fucking dry. <laughs> That's so good. That's actually mint. But that, but definitely like keto for that sort of shit. Like it just facilitates adventures so much more because you're not going, oh, I've got to eat and you're not doing your breaks around eating and, you know, then chasing it up and chasing it down. I remember eating chocolate bars as a kid, you know, like, all right, we've got a little Mars bar for the afternoon. Like, yeah, it just made heaps of sense. So I, I refrothed on it and it was sick because I didn't good. eat till after lunch that day. So I, I think yeah, it makes sense good. for those trips if you pack the right stuff. But the only thing... I'm starting to think that for trips like that and for multi-day hiking trips, I reckon the dried food, if you're not keto, this is, and a jet boil is basically the way to go. Because like cooking fresh food and chopping things up and frying it is a pain in the ass. But these jet boils, they'll boil in any any um, weather, fire it up and then those you know dried dinners that you buy, they're, they're kind of expensive, that's the only thing. They're like... 30 bucks for a meal so it's like a the worst counter meal you've ever had not that it's bad but price wise but i'm thinking like just and if you're not yeah if you're not living off it then it's fine like that's it's just holiday tax isn't it i reckon that's, that's yeah. great and, and they're pretty tasty they're so they're a little bit expensive but they're light they're tasty like you don't they're, they're super light and then if you take the jet boil you don't bring pots and pans you don't bring many utensils i don't have one but I'm just thinking about trading in my um, my gas stove. I've got a butane stove for a jet boil. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's about them. And I reckon for like your snow trip that you did last year when I was in New Zealand, like when you've got, when you're like sheltering in your tent, like set up, ski some lines and then go back to the tent and warm up and yeah. shelter in there. And you can cook inside the tent and stuff, like a bit different to just you know, punching K's on a track sort of thing. But for sure, like... You yeah, de- definitely nice different, I guess. In your guts. The snow one's different because you. I think the jet boils because you're melting snow and sometimes the weather's fucked and you've only got a small amount of time, so jet boils are the way to go. But if you can set up a nice campsite, and maybe you want to get the pots and pans out. But anyway, onward. What happened next? That's good. <laughs> uh, fuck, where are we at? Day, day two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> day 10 K's two. into Hamlin. So, shit. <laughs> so, you could have um, you, you could have walked that first day to, to Hamlin Bay, which is a, like not really nice caravan park. Everyone's seen it. You got the fucking 
stingrays and stuff that down there. But in winter, no one's there. It's dead empty. So I rolled into there and sat down, had some lunch. I was wet, so I did like my shirt was just saturated. Um, my newest thing is like wearing nice shirts camping. So I got this nice little short sleeve shirt that I bought from the op shop for two bucks, and like. <laughs> Cotton shirts are sick because they they dry real quick. Yeah, like, like you get the really light light up. cotton. They're actually good for yeah, um, yeah for yeah, hiking because it does take your heat off you when it dries. But it's only it's not like a t shirt that has heaps of water in it, so it dries real quick. Yeah, because that was the biggest thing, right? I was a light wool one sweating. Well, I had like my thermal top, but I was like sweating under my raincoat. So every time it had stopped raining. I'd take the raincoat off, turn it inside out, dry it in the wind, and then by that time it was pretty much pissing rain again, so I put it back on. Yeah. So the shirt was the go. But um anyway, ten Ks to brown up, sat down for a bit, ate the rest of my peanut butter jar, tossed that out, ditched like some other thing that I bought that was too heavy, ate the rest by of my cheese. By tossed it out, you mean then, just um, threw it into the into the, the bush? I I let I um I responsibly littered it on a picnic table so someone might pick it up. Okay. Carry on. Anyway, um, the uh, and then as soon as I walked onto Brownup Beach or Boron Up, so from the boat ramp at Boron Up, you walk the entire length of the beach past Bob's track and Grace's track for everyone that knows that in WA, right to the cliffs at the end, and it's six and a half k's. And as soon as I started, my hip was just like extreme pain, and I was like, "Oh, this is fucked." And I'd walked five hundred meters, and I like. I got. I literally got to the point, and I turned around, and I was so close to the boat ramp. Still, I was like, "Holy shit!" I felt like I'd walked four k's, and I was like, "All right, this is the point where you pull out, or you just shut up and put in." And yeah. I was like, "All right, this. Oh, but fuck it, I'm in. Like, I've got my thinking was, I've got a week here, so if it takes me a week to crawl this fucking thing to Preveley, I can get that done." From here, it's like 40Ks or 35Ks. I was like, I got this Yeah, you got, week. No you got worries, time up so. your sleeve. You're on the keto diet, so you could probably go six days without eating if you had to. Yeah. Give, it a, give it a go. <laughs> so I was like, fuck it. I just kept going. But it, it literally, same, Bron Up Beach, from from the normal track, you drive down onto the beach and then drive along it through a few Ks, but the beach was washed out right up to the track, so you couldn't have even driven along it. So I'm literally up in the dunes, for parts of it it's six and a half guys just shuffling on this beach it was fucked like it absolutely buckled me and then when i got to the end i realized that i was limping quite bad and i put that story on instagram which i think you wrote off me like oh yeah well it's just being a pussy <laughs> walking <laughs> just just limping for the no camera, i did because i think you likes. were you were given an instagram update and you're sort of saying that your hips a bit sore <laughs> i was like yeah Whatever, mate. If you if if you don't want to finish the walk, just don't finish the walk. Don't make up excuses. But then I think you sent me a photo of your of your hip, and it was, yeah, it was swollen. Looked like you had a golf ball hidden under your skin. So the um, I was I felt a bit weird about doing the Instagram things, but then everyone in Melbourne, no, it was cool, um, man. It was cool. Was frothing it, like people. I got actually heaps of messages from people in Victoria that were just like this is sick, where are you, like, keep it coming, tell us more about it, like, people frothing on it, because, like, I think they they want to see that vicarious, I felt like I was bragging a bit, but then it's, at the same time, you're not. Like, yeah, all these poor bastards in it, Melbourne, so. like, fuck you, was stop parading your freedom in front of us. 
No, it's, it'd be the opposite. I think yeah. it's like, oh, at least someone's doing something. It feels a bit weird, like something. talking to your phone. I, but people are used to seeing it. I don't think everyone's used to doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, I, I, I was good. It's good to you know provide some entertainment, hopefully, for some people. And I enjoyed the, the little bushwalk and uh, getting out there. So anyway, day two. Again overestimated how my capabilities here so i had 30 k's to do 10 k's of that was on beaches that didn't exist so i was walking through yeah, sand dunes rough and it was and it rough and it was raining and i rolled into camp um so every most people know conto's camp but this is my hot tip for the track just south of conto's track 1.7 k's is a hiking camp called point road camp you can actually four wheel drive in there you get in there there's obviously no one around because Conto's camp is huge, but this one's a bit smaller. No one around, beautiful spot, sheltered. And I rolled up in the dark, obviously, with no head torch. So I couldn't see fuck all. And I was a bit late. Put up the tent, pretty much just went to bed. Again, ate half a thing of salami for dinner and that was it. And then um, in the morning when I got up, there's all these fire pits around, like steel fire pits. And there's this huge pile of firewood there, like Jarrah firewood, free for free for the campers. Pay your camping fees and use that. And I was like, didn't even know I would have had a sick fire. But, you know, in the dark, no idea what was going on. No head torch. <laughs> no head torch. So, I missed that trick. But really, That's disappointing really good campsite. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, traveling solo, like there's nothing better than enjoying a campfire with other people, but... You'd probably enjoy it just as much, I reckon, sitting there by yourself. By yourself, it's like having another source. When I was cycled across across the Nullarbor, like I loved having a fire at the end of the day because it was like sharing. It was like a living thing that was moving and crackles and talks to you, and it's fucking yes, weird. But I like that. I just frothed it big time. Like it was all the entertainment when you by yourself comes from within your own head. But when you're looking at a fire, it's morphing and molding and. Prov- it's like gives you stimulus that's organic that you're not creating. It's a weird thing, but I like that. I think I by like the that. time, would you say ended, the fire was your only friend on that trip? <laughs> fire definitely was my only friend, but it was negligent. It was absent and sitting idle, un un uh, uninvigorated <laughs> in a stack of wood at this campsite. My friend sat in the rain. Um, but it was good. Yeah, by this time I'd started, got to that zone where you've just been thinking about shit. Like your mind wanders, you're like, you're winding back from other shit and you're just thinking about like how shit humans are, like looking at mushrooms and trees and berries. And I'm like, can I eat that? I don't know. Like, how, how fucking useless are we? Like, yeah. Just hanging out. Do you think sh- your, your brain gets like- on, a, on a trip, like anywhere really, but especially on a trip like that? It takes about two days for all the, the normal life things to to filter out of your brain, and then you start getting quite creative with what you're thinking about and not thinking yeah, about de- the day to day. Yeah, it's good. Definitely, and I, I made a conscious point of you have reception for most of it, but I put my phone on flight mode, so I wasn't getting any incomings, wasn't replying to any messages or anything like that. Like, and I actually kept. I didn't listen to podcasts. I like was intentional about just being in the zone and, you know, mm-hmm. like you end up being a bit of a fruit loop and talking to birds and shit that come and say hi. And like, you know, you hear, you hear the bird song and you hear them 
the birds like alerting the next birds that you're coming like they all have that little freak out sound and then the next one carries it on and like you start getting in touch with that sort of shit when you're not listening to yep. podcasts or yeah so that, definitely like it is it 24 hours minimum to get into that zone yeah i mean we talked about it when we did the red bluff trip it's like how it takes a few days to in that scenario it was more of like finding a few days because we were doing nothing a lot but it probably takes a day just to empty the brain out um i forgot what i was going to say about that anyway carry on onward (laughs) uh good good camp last day 20 20 k's to go to prevly and i've decided i'm fucking done here because i actually i sleep anywhere i sleep on the concrete on the ground doesn't bother me i had the worst sleep because I was all swollen in the leg and just a bad time. So what? But that stretch was the leg getting real fucked by then, or was it about okay? By then it was yeah, it was visibly swollen and like I I I realized from watching one of my own Instagram stories back that I was limping in the story and not and I was like oh that's actually cooked like I'm I'm kidding myself here, but it was like all right twenty k's whatever like we'll just we'll just get this done and take it take it cruisy and there was the beaches were done i was done of you know 15 20 k's of beaches or something so yeah wandered in and that stretch from contos to Preveley includes redgate beach and i hadn't done a lot of that like again that's another thing from the southern half when you haven't been into gracetown and yelling up and these sort of places like there's a good stretch there that you know i hadn't seen anyone yet to this point you know second night on the track yeah hadn't seen a single person even Hamlin Bay, I saw I did saw one person at Hamlin, but that was it. Like there's no one there. And it's like it's a good spot to do. And when you walk in through there's this place, Bob's Hollow, that I didn't know existed. And there's a cave there with um some bouldering like um stuff and a couple of rock climbing um carabiners hanging off it or, you know, tie off points and a really cool campsite you could walk into. It, it, like it was really good stretch and then walking up to Redgate Beach from the southern end it was like I've seen that beach for the first time yeah like you you go you come up to a beach from no other angle like I've never it, it was amazing to see that beach and have refrothed again and like how you think about how many times you've turned up to say Bells Beach or even now Coogee or or Manly yeah. or whatever yep. but you see that beach from the car park and you just null to how fucking amazing it is yeah, you see it from a different angle and you're like, whoa. Like this I is think about that all the time mental. around here where you've got, you know, Coogee and Bronte and the bays in between, but there's so many people live here. But if you go down to the Royal National Park, you see what those beaches would have looked like with no development and then you stop and think, fuck, how, like, how stunning is this coastline regardless of all the development? Yeah, when you look at it from another, another perspective. I'd, lo- I'd love to see like people like almost taking the piss down at Wilson's Prom camping in Christmas when you know a bus of tourists come up and they're seeing the beach and that scenery for the first time and just losing their shit and it's like yeah man it's Australia like this is standard you know yeah. these sort of beaches but calm down yeah it was it was like a, yeah calm down fuck <laughs> but it was just a, a refresh of that of how good that yeah. was so that was cool like really cool yeah. I had that fear actually going back to Taz, uh, Bruni Island when I hadn't been there for a couple of years and went to like Adventure Bay, which is just one, is like the main town. And just be like, oh my God, 
how stunning is this bay? Look at the fucking, the wilderness going straight to the beach. I forgot how like ridiculous Tassie is. It's good to yeah come come <laughs> back to Bruny Island after a few years and just like with a fresh set of eyes. It's pretty good. Is is that like a um? It's almost like a computer game, like it's a place in Zelda or something. Yeah, like Adventure Bay. Like, no, no, there's a place in Tassie called Adventure. A lot Bay. of pirates end up there just by accident. It's like Adventure Bay. There must be treasure there, and they turn up, and it's just tourists eating cheese. But um, <laughs> very good. Day um, three so onward. Day day three onward. Um, I, I saw some people, which was sick. Um, I actually passed two school groups, so they're walking along and like, um, it reminded me of like how good school camps were that your whole class is forced to go on bushwalks. And I, I used to do a bit of bushwalking when we growing up and always went on camping holidays, but there's like kids in your class that would never do that. And it's yeah. just, their parents weren't into it, never predisposed to it. But that's their experience of it and how fucking good it was to have those kids like forced to do this shit because I reckon there'd be so many of them that never did it again in their life. Definitely. Ever. Especially in Melbourne. Like, like uh, you grew up in Melbourne, like you, having moved to Melbourne from Hobart and then, you know, you and I would go all over the place surfing and then you'd go to, I'd do some other things up in the mountains and go to Wilson's Prom. So I knew all these places. You talk to people who'd never really left the city to go and see anything. He's like, oh, is that... Is that near here? It's like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, it's definitely... Like an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an hour and a half away. Hour and a half, fuck that. It's a long way to drive. <laughs> yeah. But school camps were sick. Like, so, so good to... And we did a lot of walking. Like, it's pretty ballsy to put a bunch of kids out there for a couple of days hiking and rafting or something. But we, we did the Mitchell River... Like it's it is really good, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I'm stoked that like that's such a that's the culture in Australia of like yeah. school camps. Well, kids are light, so if shit hits the fan, you can carry them over the shoulder, sort of thing. Take them out. I reckon kids are getting heavier. There's some. Do you reckon? There's some nuggets along the track there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just don't. The problem is the heavy kids are the ones that need it most, so you can't make a rule not to bring them. It's like, if I can't carry you over my shoulder, you can't come. It's like, you must be this skinny to come on the kids' camp. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that, that got me frothing on the last day. I was like, yeah, r- reminiscing about a few school camps. And then, anyway, before you knew it, I was in Preveley and I was like, I'm done here. I called it quits. My, I had a shower at Caravan Park and looked at my hip and it was just fucking swollen and massive and blown out the side. I was like, this isn't normal. And if I had to, I could walk to yelling up or to Cape Naturalist, but I don't need to do this. No, it's so, not like, yeah, you don't I'm want to push out. yourself beyond to and completely fuck your hip. Like, yeah, I don't I don't know what you're going to do about that, but I've, I've been going back to the myotherapist lately just to get myself straightened out. I think since our 100 push-up challenge, my left shoulder's been all out of whack, so I've had this guy working on it. <laughs> it's coming good. I think I'm going to be back on the some, back on the program soon. But um, like that's some good advice we dished it, out there to the, the quality <laughs> listeners. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. Nah, crippled me for three sick. months. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was that. What? Who knows? Whatever. But um, yeah, to go and see like a to get remedial work done. Yeah. 
I don't know if you ever get that done, but like it's a fucking, it's necessary at our age. I think. <laughs> our what's age. myotherapy? Myotherapy is just a mixture. Well, they generally do deep tissue remedial massage, but they also incorporate other techniques like cupping and uh, dry. Wait, what? Dry needling. Cupping is that cupping? They just just basically they just hold your balls and and ask you to just relax. Do they blow on them a little? (laughs) 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 Actually, vibrate them like this. (laughs) Oh. Um, it feels nice oh. uh, and my shoulder's <laughs> not getting any better. <laughs> no, my, they, <laughs> cupping is where they have those, they get, they're like these ball things, little cups that they heat up and they oh, suck. You know, when yep. you see the footy players with bruises all over their back, it's um, it's from that. Yep, the red but it's mainly yeah, remedial yeah, but... massage, but it's all about, you know, just get, it's, it's like an hour of being tortured on the table to realign everything and I reckon you probably should be there every fortnight for the next six months after your bull riding yep. career that would be my tip Sounds like fuck the physios okay. physios don't do fuck and nothing they're like oh go and lift your arm like this you know three times a week they just give you homework yeah homework like, yeah here's some homework that's the thing though that, that. That's, so a physiotherapist will give you shit homework for six months a myotherapist will put you through like an hour of torture and sort you out quick smart so they do the work for you they but, do the heavy lifting yeah they give you the cheat sheet 100% I, I I stand by them when I used to install kitchen bench tops stone benches I did that for like a year and a half with gummy our man um, my my back was rooted there's a whole other story in there how I fucked my back with this guy who was an alcoholic carrying a bench but we'll save that for another podcast anyway I went and saw this little uh, Italian myotherapist and I saw him probably six times and I went from like not being able to I had full back pain couldn't sleep um, everything was rooted to best ever from seeing this guy Elias Papadopoulos get- in fucking South Yarra check him out he's a All genius right. a good, small massive. genius big shout out I like that I like that yeah that's good well I did go and see a physio because I was like I can't this isn't well, there's your problem. so when I go back to Perth I went to the physio um, and uh, turns out, actually really good physio, Life Care, Wembley, uh, massive shout out to Anne. Um, you know, sports physio, this is what you want to see. You don't, the thing with physio is you don't want to go and see the physio who's like working with, you know, old people, osteoporosis. Yeah, people. trying oh, to rehabilitate to quadriplegics see. or something like that. It's like, no, yeah, yeah, it's I, like, I can listen, already walk. I don't want to just... I just don't want to be comfortable sitting down watching TV. I want to be able to punch laps up hills and go surfing and do shit. Like, I don't... Yeah. Yeah, I need to be, uh, yeah, rehabbed properly. Anyway, so she she sussed it all out because I was telling her it was my hip and hip flexor. Turns out I tore my quad muscle. So I tore the outside. There's a couple of quads and I tore the outside quad. But it was from November, the Blue Balls episode that we did when I got fucked up by that bull at York. Yeah, and my whole leg and nutsack turned purple, um, because it was so swollen. I didn't do anything about it because I couldn't move anyway for a month and a bit. And apparently, then from a shearing force, which makes so much sense when she says it, a hoof against a muscle that's got a backing of a femur. She's like, you've just like literally like a stake chopped the muscle fibers in half as a shearing force, yep. and they're not attached. And she's poking around. She's like, see how you've got this hole here? Like, there's a hole. She's like, yeah, that bit, it's not attached. 
you've torn it. And like, and then other muscles have compensated and disappeared. I was like, oh, fuck. So, that's so, uh, no good. So, then she obviously, your other muscles have to compensate for that. And like, when that injury happened, did you go and get any scans done or anything? I went to the hospital, which is a big deal for me, only because my dick started turning purple. Mm. And I, Callum, I dropped him at the airport, drank two beers, had a palmer, and then went to the hospital. And um, <laughs> they were just like the concern with uh, internal bleeding. And yeah. that was fine. They were like, yeah, no, you, you're all good. And so I figured I was fine. And then I couldn't walk. Like I was swollen as fuck for ages. Yeah. And so I was getting DDs to work and stuff and not yeah so no you're right I'd, it's my no fault. look i, I mean anything. i don't know what i would do but yeah but it might be worth going to see get get some actual like along with the physio as a combo do you have private health insurance private health mate you sure should be do. getting a massage every day <laughs> but um <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, anyway, that was my walk. I've realized a few things. My, one more takeaway from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're walking and you're carrying all your food out, it really highlights to you how much packaging is in food and shit like that. It's another wake-up call of like, oh, I can't just throw this in the bin and it's out of my life. Like, I've got to carry it out with me. And with the keto, yep. dense foods, not too many packaging, not like punching muesli bars and stuff, which is in a cover box with six different wrappers. And so, yeah, that was that was my other kind of like yep. takeaway from it that I appreciated. But it put me in a good spot of zen. And then next to my physio was the float tank thing. And I went and did a little float tank session Ooh. when I got back to Perth. And that was, that was good. Consolidated some of my thinkings on the track. That's... Like that's- actually might be a stroke of genius to do a like you've just gone and done a solo trip and then to yeah to finish it off with a float to uh yeah i like that to yeah. consolidate the thoughts it would, i feel like you've become really zen recently with some of your insights here tonight i have honestly it's like hanging out in the bush by yourself like and like you said taking a couple of days to get the noise out of your head and then you think a bit clearer and things become more relevant. And the float tank was good because normally if I'd have gone and done a float tank, it'll be after a week of work or you do it on a weekend even. You still like, you still got shit just churning through your brain. And to do it then where I was already like halfway there, you can relax into it easier. And yeah, had, had yeah okay. I don't, you know, won't divulge my secrets. Yep. I didn't cure cancer or anything, but I had a, yeah, it was good and i've got a couple of other sessions booked in for that have so, you done that yeah. before then yeah i've done the float tank before down there it's the same place at lifeco yep. wembley like a float float lab it's called i've only done it i did it one time and i oh, i had a couple of cuts on me for whatever reason and that was stinging but <laughs> oh yeah but um yeah use the you don't have any cuts you've got to use the vas put the vas on <laughs> but i i can't and i can't remember it now but i came up i think we might have talked about it on a podcast where I came up with this mantra that I'd I figured out this yes, mantra actually applies to everything in my life. And I was like, brilliant. I've, I've, I've really figured something out here. <laughs> and now I can't remember it. <laughs> but it might be on one of our old podcasts because I, I need to hear it again. Maybe I need to get back into a, a fucking float back tank. Back on the float tank. Clean the brain out. 
go on a Sunday night when you've just shared the phone and the bullshit for a while. Yeah. Well, what do you think about meditation? Like, because you need to clear your brain out. You got to go on a four-day hike by yourself in a in a storm on a beach that's not there. And yeah, I'm not judging you for that because I kind of got to do the same sort of things to clear the brain out. And it's because like whatever you know, you've got a job. It takes up a lot of your mind space. The city's happening. Things are going on. But do you think if you got really good at meditation, you could always have that brain space or do you think you need yep. those those um those empty spaces to to get there what do you reckon i think meditation's meditation's hard work you mm. know it's not easy and and when i you've been talking to me lately saying i've oh, been meditating quite a lot and i look at i've got a yoga mat in front of me right now and i look at it in the morning i'm like i should do that <laughs> but then it's hard. i get this wave of like that's hard work. And it's like, do I want to do that hard work or do I just want to eat this coffee straight out the satchel and just <laughs> bust it to work? Just run rip to the work. top off a fucking Nescafe satchel, roll out of bed and just fucking hit the pavement and start filling the brain with, yeah. with financial trades immediately. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard. And and because I've, It's hard. When I sit down and meditate, the first 30 seconds, I fuck this. I just, I need to especially working at home because I try to not start work as soon as I get out of bed. It's like, all right, I have a shower, I have a cold shower, I make a coffee and then hopefully I have a meditate or go for a run or something. But your brain's trying to force you to just uh, get straight into it. Yeah, definitely float tank, consolidate on the hard work that you've done from the meditation. It makes a whole lot of sense. Like you've gone that far, why not? But you know what, Andy, this like going on bushwalks and meditating and all that sort of shit, it makes you feel good and gets your head in the zen. But you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't make us any dollars, mate. There's no biscuits being made. So you know you know what I think we need to discuss because I reckon you've got the right brain for it is COVID scams because half the country is in lockdown and the rest of the world seems to be getting on with it. But we need to be making money out of this. We need to be profiteering, right? Yeah, definitely. You and I have got it. So I think we need to put our heads together and figure out some ways to make money off this. Well, I thought we already came up with one a couple of weeks ago, which was to just have some fake employees of one off the wood and, and claim the uh, the job keeper with yeah. know, 500 employees. That's the proper one. Yep, that's almost standard. That's good. I had, a, like, I mean, some shit ones here. Like, I was thinking... We could start up stitching together. You know, I'm not bad on the sewing machine. My, my rodeo career has taught me how to sew up a shirt and some jeans and sort of stuff. I'm thinking, you know, an op shop shirt for two bucks, I'll make up some style and hipster masks. I'll stitch them up and dish them out. I was thinking about making some, sending them to my parents genuinely anyway. But, you know, that's not a bad little scam. Yep. Get on that good. early. Some Some hipster masks. Maybe like, you know, we could, probably not legal, but... Everyone that's accessing their super, like Kev, we could point them in the right direction. Broker, find a, you know, finder's fee for matching up people that have accessed their super with racehorse owners. What if you, what if you just set up an ad that said we can get you early access to your super? When people Google it, that's the first thing that comes up, and we, yeah, we fill out the form and take five percent. Done. Done. That's good. (laughs) Done. 
already sold. I've already registered the URL. I'm like, I'm on Squarespace. I'm on Squarespace. Yeah. Um, now that's not bad. And divorce lawyers, like it, it probably by the time I qualify to become a divorce lawyer, too late, I reckon. Yeah. Um, so that's probably scratch that one off the list, I reckon. Well, I, I heard that um, they thought the lockdown was going to make more domestic violence in cities, but it's actually made less domestic violence in cities. So maybe that means less really? divorce. Yeah, well, this is based off the two articles that I read, you know. One. Wow. So everyone's okay. potentially right, more chill. That. I don't know. Here's, um, here's one that exists. This is a legit scam that... I haven't done. Qantas has beat me to it, mainly because they own aeroplanes that are not being used and I don't own any aeroplanes at the moment. But Qantas have launched an Antarctica flights, right? So you can't travel anywhere at the moment, Yeah. but you can get on an aeroplane. So Qantas have got a few flights that are leaving from all the major capital cities in Australia and... They're doing Antarctica scenic flights. Um, so the one from Perth, it's 15 hours return. You get on the flight in the morning. You fly down there. They get to Antarctica, three to four hours, low cruising altitude. You know, you see some shit that no one's seen. You don't get out of the plane. Do you land? Um, various ticket prices. No, there's no landing, mate. You it's just Antarctica. go and do a... You don't what if land. the weather's shit that day? Well, that's a good question. Their website, if uh, you want to check it out, says they've got 19 different flight paths. Um, so depending on the weather patterns, they'll be able to get you there and you'll still see some good shit. Um, the one in Perth, I think, leaves in uh, Australia Day. Okay. It just, it seems like the biggest bullshit scam, but there's all sorts of, obviously there's business class, about starts at about eight grand. There's um, El Cheapo business class all the way down to economy. And I'm talking window seat, aisle seat, and then halfway through the flight, you swap sides apparently. Allegedly, that's how it's going to go down. You get a half of you, you get a half of you, we all go home. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's a fucking scam. But if you swap halfway, then the plane's going to turn around anyway. So yeah, but they, just... they cruise around. They don't just go there and turn around and come back. They like cruise across three to four hours of views you've never seen before. Yeah, okay. Apparently. It must be a, it's a long way to fly. How far, like I guess Hobart would be the closest place to leave from. It will, what's, um, Heard Island's 4,700, so about 5,000 k's if you go direct. Yeah, but Heard Island's a long way west. You just head straight south. It's still a long way south. I reckon you've you've got to go, well, it's a 15 hour round trip. So you're like, so it's equivalent to like going you, to Japan or something. It's a lo- it's a long trip. That could be the biggest nightmare of your life, right? Like, you know, you've you've been on a ship flight before, right? People are literally signing up to take off and land and spend a day on a plane for no reason to get back. Like, you want to be booking both seats, don't you? You don't want to be sitting next to. Oh, you wouldn't that want to be in a normal. No. Well, you, imagine if you're in the. In the aisle, what would be the point? Like you're not going to see anything. Well, you get to swap. No, no, jump on the website. So, um, one off the wood, obviously we've got some loyal listeners here. Um, just search Antarctica flights. 
Yeah. I'm sure it's here somewhere. Here we go. Yeah. Um, AntarcticaFlights.com.au, amazingly, is the website. Seating and pricing. So, seating, they change. So, you actually see the setup there. You've got... Is this um, it? This doesn't look like a Qantas thing at all. Well, Qantas are doing it. They've got the planes, mate. They're just sitting around. Give us a look. What other things could we use them for while they're just sitting around? Hotels. Hotels. Shit hotels. Movie theatres, I guess. Quarantines. (laughs) Movie theatres. Yeah, quarantines. Old school driving. You get your own little... You get your own little thing. Just sick taxis. Do you remember... You probably don't, but in Newman, uh, some bloke bought a plane, like like a prop, you know spinning rotor plane yeah and he um, took the wings yeah prop plane yeah when you um when you take the wings off it you can put it on a trailer for transport and so when he when he got this plane delivered in newman he thought this is sick i'll drive it down the pub so he drove it down the pub with no wings on so it fits on the road parked it at the purple pub in newman it's two pubs the red sands and the purple pub and just parked it at the pub and went and got pissed and then the cops obviously turned up and was like uh Who's who's planes that playing? out the front eight? Eh? <laughs> oh mate, oh mate, got done. No, not good. Do you think that's an overstep of the police policeman's um, jurisdiction to be probably booking planes? I think so. Sometimes you got to see the comedy right. value as well. Like, when does comedy outweigh the law? When does you know being a good musician outweigh the charges that you could, you know, for playing... Like Michael Jackson, obviously, people still play that shit on the radio. He was above the law. Yeah, well above so, the law. That's my example. That's right, yeah. Yep. You know, R. Kelly, one hit wonder, not above the law. No. Somewhere in between them. Somewhere in between. Yep, I guess If you're so. going to be good at music, learn how to moonwalk. Learn no, how to moonwalk. The other, if you're going to be... Gonna be <laughs> so let's not continue that trying to no, thought. but just so separate to the actual scams there's got to be a ways to legitimately just get rich off a scenario that we're in i've got i've got a one legitimate one for you can we share with I mean, everyone this... or do you need to tell me offline is it that hot <laughs> is that no no it it's not that hot it's a legit. So, look, I think there's, you know, probably taken advantage of stock markets in certain places and shortened certain currencies. But this one. Esports Harmony is killing it our, right now. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I'm back. I, I owe I'm this, back, baby. This, um, <laughs> I owe this to the, the Pierce brothers um, for planting this little seed. I just got home from doing my tax. Um, which I quite enjoy tax time because I like telling a story and my receipts tell some good stories. And that's all I'm saying about my tax. But um, RM Williams Shoes discounted as safety boots, 600 bucks. Thank you very much. RM, do um, RMs have steel caps? They don't, but they're safety boots. They're pretty yeah. strong though. They could, they could take a beat. They're pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is legit. Remember the Pierce brothers were telling us that they went busking at the prom for bushfire relief. Yes, and they made five grand. Yeah, and they kept they made a couple grand for themselves because they're dodgy bastards. <laughs> they definitely did not go back and listen to the episode. <laughs> they thought they'd made 
four and a half, but the bank teller was like, no, no, this is five and a half grand. Yeah. So that was cash. That money hasn't been laundered. It hasn't been deposited. They basically took that five and a half grand and donated it to charity. Now that becomes a donation, a tax deductible donation in their single name, in the Pierce Brothers, right? Yes. So they discount that off their tax at, you know, our tax bracket. That's two grand in your pocket. That's not your money that you've donated. You've donated $5,000 on other people's behalf, but because it came as cash to you, the donation goes in your name. So not only... And, and obviously they put in time, but it's not two grand's worth of time. So I'm thinking, right, you've seen me play instruments. If I went and bust on the street, what, what am I making in a day? Full day's work. Like four bucks. Four fifty maybe, maybe five. You'd be lucky, yeah. Like people might give you money because they think you're disabled and they think you're doing yep. a good job. But that would be the only thing. If you had a wheelchair next to you or something, you might yep. you might <laughs> get eight to ten dollars. Okay, so ten bucks. Let's call it ten bucks. So ten, I'm basically not making nothing. Ten dollars. Now, yeah, definitely. Someone will feel sorry for you and right. throw you so ten bucks instead of that. In the height of bushfire relief, we find like COVID, or we go down to Bondi on a Saturday and we put up a sign, anti-vaxxers fund yeah, no, for COVID. But we the the, yep. the problem is you need to find a legitimate charity that you can donate to so it doesn't matter what the fucking cause is you just need to appeal to your demographic that are near you but you need Red the money too bushfires. right we need the money but you need people it's it's not your money people need to want to donate so red cross during bushfires anti-vaxxers once this bloody yeah, covid vaccine can, comes out we just get their money through the anti-vaxxing thing and then donate it to wherever yeah so when the money comes in you put my sign up i might seem like a bit you know, like I'm special, I'm on the spectrum, but it's not better. People aren't donating to me. They're donating to the anti-vaxxers fund or to the Red Cross. I take my five grand, I go down, I donate it, I get the receipt. I take that receipt that I donated five grand. I give that to my tax man. Five grand comes off my income at whatever tax rate you're in. That's about two grand in my pocket. That's instead of me going and busking, tax-free and making 10 bucks or four to ten dollars in your estimates i'm making two thousand dollars in a day's work so this is a tax that's tip. a legit scam this is not a sp- yeah. particular corona but here's the, look if you're going to do that you've already figured out how to get five grand off people so why not just keep the five grand because then you get all of it Oh, it's just fraud. How's your conscience? You know, I'm not. I want to sit in my float tank, happy, mate. Okay. Happy with myself. All right. I don't want to be in well, the float right. tank. Well, that's right. So it's a victimless. Like, oh, if you take it off a bunch of anti-vaxxers and give it to a legitimate charity, <laughs> where, but I give it, I give it. If I take it off the anti-vaxxers and give it to their charity, then I'm just giving it to where they want to go. I'm just the channel. I'm just the middleman, and I get to keep two yep. grand, but the charity gets the full five. Like that is victimless. I actually, 100%. I tried to do it last year. Whereas the Bitterman played a show that cost money at the door and every dollar from the door we were going to give to this charity, which we did give to the charity. And then I tried to claim it back on my tax and I wasn't able to because the charity had issued me with a certain type of receipt 
that you couldn't claim. And it's probably because I was not an individual. Okay, so this this um <laughs> this comes under the uh part four A of the Tax Act, <laughs> which is general anti avoidance rule for income tax. Okay. Right. So which protects the integrity of the tax basically. Um I can read the quote to you, but basically it's ensuring that there aren't arrangements made for this long term. So if if you do it as an individual once off, not a problem. But if you're doing it over and over, if you're just going out busking every day and then donating that to charity to make money to offset your income, then it becomes more more than a hobby. You're more than a one off and the grey line. But if anyone's um, interested in taking uh, our our advice here, um, yeah, part four A of the income tax in general, anti avoidance laws. That's where you yeah. want to be looking. That's uh, that's how you do it, though. That's how you launder. But I think if you were like a mafioso, and I went to to Waz's place and said, "Look, I've got a million dollars to launder," and you said, "Well, we'll give it all to charity, and you can have thirty percent of it." I would be pretty unhappy. I think. I think I need. I need more than that. If I'm a dodgy mafia you need, guy, you need, you need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. We're not the mafia, mate. Well, look. There's always <laughs> domestic, um, domestic people smuggling. That's my fallback. We just get a couple of full drives set up near Eucla, and we're just running people across the border. You know, maybe up, up somewhere, somewhere up near the Trans, um, Trans Australian Railway. You know, Raw Lino Way. We just run people across the border. That's it. Yeah, what do you charge? Maybe not a... Run a few people. Because even Victoria up to New South Wales, somewhere in the um, in the, in the the national park there, there's four drive tracks. We could just run run through, pick people up in, um, uh, yeah, somewhere out sort of Gippsland Way, East Gippsland, and then drive them across the border through the bush. There's money to be it's made there. that Murray River. Or if you go the coast route, though, the Murray is Murray's most of the Victoria. But if you get through the bush on towards, the east, um, east side, the, up, yeah, up through the um, up behind Mount Buller, sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, across the dividing range. Yeah, I think Just that's how you a do few it. Laps through there. There's four wheel drive tracks. That's not bad, chat. Definitely. Yeah, like up through the wilderness there. So Just reach out, behind there reach out on the one off the wood. Um, Instagram, we'll organise a place. We'll come pick you up. That's a thousand dollars per person <laughs> donated to that, the charity Randy? of your choice. Oh, mate, that's the scam. We double down. We take the <laughs> we take the thousand. We clean it up. Yep. Donate it to the Red Cross bushfires. They feel happy. You feel happy. Everybody wins. And everyone else has slowly made their way from Victoria to other states. We'll help them into a. Uh, yeah, we'll help him into WA. We'll help him into New South Wales. Any Victorians out there like need it. to get across the border? We are your men. What are they called in where they getting people from Mexico to Texas? The people that help them, they've got like a name. Wetbacks? Oh no, that's that's no, the that's, Mexicans, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's a, I think that's a racial slur, but I don't get it. That's one that I've never gotten. Why do they call them wetbacks? Do they have to swim across a river? Is that why? Potentially, yeah. Wet, wet back. Now, look, um, if that is a racial slur, I apologise. I don't understand the context of it. Hey, um, here's something. 
I wanted to talk about. Speaking of racial slurs. <laughs> Is that a segue? Yeah, that's the worst segue of all time. Um, we we tried to make a... Um, I tried to bring another segment recently that we're going to add to what's the smashability of your beer. Um, oh, yeah, don't the forget that one. Ability. That's good. Um, dick bag of the day. And I've got dick bag of the day. Well, this was... A, yeah, you were particularly grumpy that day about... Um, oh, actually, did we cover that off? So, the last dick bag of the day was a car park that clamped your wheels. And we, yeah, we got, falsely got, accused... Got um, who did we Danny falsely, Green Danny Green Of owning said gym Turns out he doesn't own the gym He owns another one nearby uh, And yeah he Wrote back to one of your messages Saying like what the fuck's going on here but, That's I don't think like I've, I've ever been bullied online But that was the only time That I've been fearful Because I woke up in the middle of the night Must have been midnight or something And I looked at my phone And it just says Danny Green Boxer has replied to your story. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, I was like, what did I write? I can't even remember. All I said was like, post a photo and tag Danny Green and said, Danny Green, who's she? And anyway, Danny Green wrote back to my message. and I'm Not to be confused with Danny Minogue. <laughs> Not different humans. But uh, turns out Danny Green doesn't own that gym. No. And... Um, also, wasn't scared by my um, childish heckling. But dick bag of the day. I've got a dick bag of the day for you. Dick, did you write a jingle? Dick bag of the day. No, I've got some jingles actually on the on the boil. We've got a new intro coming. I need to get back to it. I need to finish it. But we need a dick bag of the day jingle as well. I'll put it on okay, the to-do list. That'd be cool. Yeah. More, like that. more jingles. I like that. More jingles. We need an adventure intros. time jingle. We need, we need more jingles. I think we'd be more popular if we had more jingles. So okay, I'll put I'll put that on the to do list this weekend. Jingles. It's not, whoever's listening still an hour and something minutes in, um, can you write that down and send it to us later? Yes. More jingles. Dick bag of the day. Um, adventure time, etc. That'd be great. But uh, I've got a dick bag of the day nomination this round and my dick bag of the day nomination goes to wham clothing corporation so this year this week in the afl is heritage round it's um you know we have richmond versus essendon the classic which is obviously the colors of the aboriginal flag um in there it's fantastic all the the jumpers in the AFL, they have heritage or, sorry, indigenous designs, patterns on them. It's fantastic. All the indigenous players get celebrated. And fuck me, there's some, a lot of the most exciting players in the AFL are indigenous players. It's um, it's a good round. It's one to look forward to. Dick bag of the day, wham clothing. So here's background for it. The Aboriginal flag is not going to be used in heritage round this, this year because they have to pay rights, copyright rights for the use of the flag because in two, November 2018 the copyright license to produce the Aboriginal flag design was actually sold or given away not sold given for free to Wham Clothing Proprietary Limited which is a non-indigenous company Ooh. the bloke who 
designed the flag, Harold Thomas, uh, for some reason, gave it to them. And now okay. Wham Clothing have been... They're charging people, they're even charities. Anyone using the Aboriginal flag for their own benefit is being heckled and charged. So, dick bag of the day to you, Wham Clothing. Fuck you guys. But hang on a second. There's always two sides to a story. So, we're saying that the original designer of the flag... Harold Thomas. Harold Thomas. He sold the rights... To this Wham clothing. No, no. He gave it gave it away. He gave, gave it away it for free. Them. Do you reckon he he's signed getting, them over to he, Wham clothing? Is he getting kickbacks? Is he still alive? Uh, he, he designed it in 1971. I say he is alive, but he gave it away. No price. Okay. There's, it was not sold. So when does the artwork not become yours? Like it's obviously... Like is it is it his or because I, I think the Aboriginal people would say it's it's theirs now right because it's become their flag, but he's it it is but he he designed ahead of NAIDOC week in what is it March nineteen seventy one as a symbol of Aboriginal land rights movement so okay it was his artwork right and in nineteen ninety five it was recognised as a national flag of Australia so what year did he give it away. 2018 November 2018 so he owned the rights up until then and obviously wasn't charging anyone but he just granted the exclusive worldwide copyright license maybe there's something going under the table to him but he oh, didn't it's got to be but the other thing is he, if you were the AFL you wouldn't you just run the flag and as a bit of a to prove that it's ridiculous well They've they've actually I think in not running the flag this round has highlighted mm. there is an issue and yep. so they're running with they're running with deadly across the centre circle instead and they're putting like the names of the nations that the Aboriginal people are from like Noongar Nation yep Bunjil whatever like around there so to, to to highlight it so I think it's actually good it's bringing up a, the issue to or to the um you know people's attention in not running but. Pretty fucking outrageous wham wham clothing. I'd like to I reckon there's more to it. Unless they like tricked him, there's gotta be more to it, you reckon? You reckon Harold's a villain here? I don't think Harold's a villain. I think he's just trying to get his figure out a way to get money from something that he did that was good. And he's got wham clothing just funneling it back to him. Obviously, I don't know much about this at all. I'm just learning about it now. <laughs> but um, that's what it sounds <laughs> And so, like. are, so, so are our listeners. Look, they're good questions. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, look, I, I'm, I'm doing a little uh, research on the fly myself here. But these are the facts that I know, mate. I, I think um, I think Wham... I'm, I'm calling it... I don't care. Wham clothing. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yep. You need to be trolled. You know who else needs to be trolled? Because this is a blatant use of something that we all perceive to be something yep. common, something speaking, that we know. We speaking know what of the, copyright infringement. We know what the Aboriginal flag stands for, but do we actually? There's a common saying, one off the wood. Copyright inf- infringements, mate. You you said it. Who are these people? Because we waged war last episode and I've done nothing about it. 
No. Okay. So we'll check back in and see where they're at. So latest episode, they're talking to... It's episode 10. Uh, teeing off with Adam Ashley Cooper. He looks like a rugby player just based on the thickness of his neck, but I wouldn't know for sure. I'm not a rugby connoisseur. What about yourself? Have you heard of Adam Ashley Cooper? Yeah. He definitely is a rugby player. <laughs> right on. So that's their latest um, episode, six days ago. Here. Have we followed them yet? How are we going to start um, this war? I don't know. These guys seem legit. We, we need to start the war. Because we did did pronounce war or uh, how do you declare war? You declare war, don't you? That's that's pretty much how it goes down. We will declare it, but how do we... Let's just find them here. Right. A few off the wood. Because I think... We're not following them. Let's just give them a follow. And how we, we need and help we'll start. from the people. We basically right. need anyone out there to comment on a few off the woods posts and say, guys, you are, this is fake news. Just hashtag fake news. I, I tell you what, we need to start a common comment. I want to see what the fuck is this shit? Just, <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? What the I fuck just is want this that. shit? I'm going to do simple, it right now. Just keep clean, clean and simple. What the fuck is this shit? And then tag at one off the wood. Do I write, um, do I write do what it. the fuck or WTF? Yeah, WTF is this shit. Either way, however, any way you want to do it, just tag at one off the wood in your comment. I'm going to do it. Andy's going to do it. I'm doing it one now. One off the wood's going to do it. From one off the wood. But do I put a laughy face at the end or is this serious? No, no. We want to see how they take it. We save the laughy faces for later. All right, WTF. But is... that's our back paddle. We mean war here. It's done. It's posted. We're on. Hitler didn't post any smiley faces, did he? He was like, ha ha, give us all your jewels. Smiley face. He was serious. And Frank's diary didn't have any smiley faces. This is war, mate. We're no. going in. Well, one of two comments, the other one being their own. So, uh, yeah, I don't think a heap of people are going get, to get onto the story, but these guys need to be shut down. We need to shut them down. Uh, and look, if they won't come onto the pod and talk about it, then... To be honest, they need to be taken off the air as, as soon as possible. As a matter of urgency, we need to get these guys off the air. As a matter of urgency. All right, are we going to wrap this um, up? We've been going for a while. I've, I've probably embellished the Cape to Cape track. I think oh, it's a really good track. I, I think enjoyed it's great to go along. I think I, people I enjoyed... should do, do little bits of it on the weekend when you're down there. Just do one day at a time. Just walk Gracetown to Preverly or, you know, the other way or something. It's yep. a great track. Yeah, I was going to say um, there's also the Great Ocean Walk in Victoria, which is sort of goes from Apollo Bay round to the Apostles, but you can do it in different sections. So I've done like two separate sections, just overnighters, but you can also link it all together. That's pretty cool. Um, and it follows the road, right? So you can do a little car shuffle business uh, as well. There are spots where you can get back to the road, yeah. Um, not heaps of them though, but there's a couple. So you could do similar things. You could do drop-offs and stuff if you wanted to. Yep. Um, yeah, and I was thinking the other one that I've done is from Cape Lip Trap to uh, Venus Bay. Oh, like Walkerville Way? Yeah, that's and that was like 11Ks just on the beach and the scenery does not change. Oh. Like actually the first couple of Ks, oh. it's really, there's lots of cliffs and cool ocean statues and stuff. And then you hit the beach, and then it's just like beach for 10K. So, 
Oh, actually, it's probably longer than 10k because we camped, and then dirt bike riders turned up in the middle of the night and scared the fuck out of us. It's like, <laughs> it sounds like Wolbingo or Two Rocks, like up north here. It's two just rocks, like, yeah. oh, I've got this beautiful camp camp in the in the sand dunes. It's lovely, and then it's like, brap, 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 brap. Actually, on sand. that Cape Lip Track <laughs> walk, when we got, I got to camp first. And I, it was hot and we're on the beach and I like walked up to looking for where the campsites would be. And there's a dune on my right, quite steep with these um, like dune trees, not trees, but like bushes on there. So just these light bushes on the dune and they're moving and there's a fucking thick and long tiger snake at my face height cruising along what? the bushes on the dunes <laughs> and then it like rolled past oh, scared the absolute fuck out of me and i was like we're not camping up there <laughs> it's like there's fucking that's a tiger snake haven but it was like tiger snakes uh, face to face with a tiger snake too. it was okay. at my head height <laughs> oh sounds grouse <laughs> yeah and then yeah then the dirt bike riders came and then you walk on fucking sand for miles on end like it's it's not great <laughs> Um, look I think the hope that people's takeaway from this is you don't have to do overnight hikes you don't have to do it in the rain but it's good to get out there turn your phone off and get a bit of zen time and listen to the birds alerting the other birds that you're coming keep an and, eye out um, for that can be anywhere unless you're in Victoria uh, just keep that shit 5k's from your house yeah 5k's from your house shout out to all the our Victorian Fucking lockdown, dirty bastards. Just like, can't you just stay at home and stop coughing on everyone? Everyone else is managing. What's wrong with you, Victoria? What's wrong with you? Um, Andy, have you got anything that's got you frothing so you can wind this up? <laughs> I have to think. I, I didn't really think through a froth this week. Every time we do a podcast, there's a froth. And every week, something gets you frothing, regardless of whether you think about it or not. Like, And I don't think they have to be big things. I've always got a million things that get me frothing. I've been doing some wood carving. That got me frothing. Well, tell Float us what got, got you frothing, frothing while I think about what got me frothing. Do you know a weird froth? I've always got heaps of froths. But um, I'll give you a real weird one. Hit me. <laughs> When you're in the float tank and you got the sensory deprivation and it takes a bit to get into it. And then when you get to the end, I like to watch, personally, I like to watch the colours. I watch the like purple kind of flashes and when you're in the right space, they're real subtle and then they give way to some other shit and you might see another world or you might not or it's just easier to take mushrooms. But either way, yep. you my muscles twitch and your feeling eventually goes away and before you know it, it's almost over and this music comes on to end it. But just when like you haven't felt anything physical in a while, it's a good opportunity to just grab your own nipples and give them a real good tweak. Just yes. give them a real nice hard tweak. So the only thing you felt touching yourself in the last 60 minutes is just a Was real you good nipple tweak. touching your own nipples? Wow. That might be it. That's what's got me frothing as well. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's a real thing. And I, I see the purple bits, actually. I, th I see the purple bits, but I never think to tweak the nipple. 
when you say when you say the purple bits, tweak the nipples, people. Just, just tweak them. Just, just something special for you guys out there. That got me frothing this week. Good, good. Saturday. I haven't had much of a frothy Surely week. Sun. I've um, you know, I've been sort of frothing for the future this week because I know that in two weeks' time I'm going to go up to Byron for a week. And get eaten by a fucking yeah. shark, because that's what happens up there now. But I'm gonna, we're gonna hang out there for a week and get it, get it, go surfing and get eaten by a shark. And then the week after that, I've got flagged for a snow backcountry trip. Even if I have to oh. go solo, and people are telling do me it. not to go solo, but I'm thinking I'm telling you to do it. If I have to go solo, I just won't ski anything. I'll just tour around and ski the ridges, sort of thing. A couple of lines. If you have to go solo. Take some podcast kit, yeah. and or or not even just record some shit on your phone. Have a little solo chat and just record it on your phone. Yeah. Talk to yourself. Let me know what happens with the shapes. Well, I've, I've lined up a few people from Victoria that would come and meet, but it's just I don't like their chances at the moment with this whole lockdown fucking scenario. So, and then the other option is to like book a guide, but that's going to cost money to pay some guy. Which might be cool. Or there's like Facebook groups where I could just try and find a random friend, but they could be a fucking rapist or something. Bonus. Two for one. Maybe I'll try the Facebook group thing. But I like that. I, yeah, I could... meetup groups. Definitely. Find old mate with the who's just punching Nescafe sachets from the hotel. <laughs> you wanna you wanna find that guy. But that's the thing, like you don't wanna you wanna find somewhere between yourself and that guy. You don't want that guy because you can't you can't hang. Like he's going to be too extreme. There's, you know, it's like we're on different levels. We can't hang. You don't want the person that's lazy and worried about everything. You want someone who's about the same level of froth as you. Whereas old Nescafe, dry Nescafe legend is beyond froth. It's like I can't match that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's why Mate, <laughs> online dating is um, a bit dangerous for <laughs> backcountry ski trips. <laughs> it's strange. There's some good froths though. That's some good future froth. That's that was going good on. actually. Yeah, I was thinking. That I was feeling a bit, starting to feel a bit sad there. I was like, oh, I haven't been frothing this week, but I'm frothing for the future. <laughs> they're no, they're good froths. I've got a um, just a quick side froth for the people that are just deep in Netflix in Victoria because we do feel for them. My family's in Victoria. A lot of friends in Victoria, and they appreciated my uh, little little walk. And little shout out on the Instagram. At the there, end of each Instagram, a... you should have said, and fuck you if you're in lockdown in Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Look at my freedom. Freedom. What is, oh, that was fucking horrific. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you're on Netflix, forget about forget Everyone about is. Let's just, just assume that everyone is. Everyone's on Netflix. Um, love on the spectrum. Oh, if yeah. you haven't seen it, get on it. Have a look. There's four episodes, so you appreciate everyone. It's um, it's a cringy watch, a bit like The Office, but it's also a beautiful story because there's some positive yarns in there. Yeah. And that guy, Michael, mate, if we can find Michael and we can take him to the pub with us, it would be the best time of our lives, him just telling people what it's like. <laughs> he's he's brilliant. An A1 partner looks like me. Yeah, I, I've seen the first episode... And he's he's a, a genius. Like he seems sitting at the family dinner table, 
and every comment that he makes is cracking his mum and his dad and his brother and sister up. He's like, these guys think this guy's hilarious and they've been living with him for the last, you know, forever. He's 25. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. But I haven't, that's all I've seen so far. So I have to. What I, what I really liked about it is that his, um, obviously his family's a bit like you said, he's been living with him, but his mum just thinks he's fucking fantastic. Yeah, and they've that's obviously put I mean. in a lot of hard work <laughs> so like good. for a lot of hard work to teach him social cues and social skills and you know, there've been some hard times, but she just thinks everything he says is fucking hilarious. Because <laughs> it is just just eats it up. <laughs> he's got that it's like the driest it's because I don't think he's trying to be funny. I think he's just telling he's just dropping truth bombs. But it's such his yeah. his sense of humor is such on point for the for the dry sense of humor of the time but it's I don't, not I don't want to he's spoil. not trying to be funny <laughs> I don't want to spoil all his punchlines but he, he's in his bedroom talking about his, his and these love ducks I got them at new market or new town markets and if you're looking for love they will bring the love to you I got them six years ago <laughs> <laughs> And he's talking about his, he's like, oh, my ideal partner is not catwalk beautiful, not not that, that's too beautiful, somewhere about 50% there, about 50% is good. He's basically looking for a five. Yeah, he went, oh, that's real talk, like, let's get real, I'm looking for a five. I started, a, yeah, yeah, he's... Re- yeah, <laughs> he's a genius. He's a fucking genius, he's and we need genius. to find him and take him out for one off the wood because he would be the ultimate one off the wood partner. Um, Do you reckon we could get him on? Is that that's we? Get, <laughs> oh, before I'd love on, to get him on. Are we talking to this? So some guy got bitten by a shark in Dunsborough the other week, and you know him. Yeah, are Phil, we talking to him? What's happening? Phil Mummet. He's a. Um, I played footy with him, inaugural member of the Roosters Footy Club down in Cottesloe. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Uh, amazing. Cock-a-doodle-doo. He's, yeah, look, I, I shot him a message, probably a bit premature there on the um, on <laughs> the only, old, like, He'd only just mate, got to shore prob- and he's only texting him, he can want to do a podcast. Fuck mate. yeah. Just this needs is stitches. definitely going to benefit me. <laughs> Forget, leave a couple of stitches, I'll do the rest of them. Yeah, we'll um, sort that out. But look, I'll reach out to Phil because yeah, look, I I do know the bloke, um, and I can only imagine what it's like. We were down there surfing the day Ooh. after. No one seemed to give a fuck because there was heaps of people in the water, not at that beach, but around the corner. I'll I'll see what we can do about getting Phil on because t- as a backup to Noobs's story, um, about getting kidnapped in Papua New Guinea. Yeah, if anyone hasn't listened to that, please get Go get and on to it. I was like, that is I listened to it because you pre-recorded that without me, and then we listened to it together. And I like, I was hanging on the edge of my seat when I was listening to it. It was good. Yeah, and it same thing. It it might be I haven't listened to all the podcasts that we've done. I kind of give them a quick uh, view, or if I said something, <laughs> just make sure you didn't say anything up. particularly offensive, <laughs> so that I don't delete I'll, I'll, it. I'll scan it and know, but um, that that podcast I listened to from start to finish again because it's genuinely a good yarn, and probably because I don't say much on it, so I quite liked yeah. it. No, he's good. 
and hopefully we go and visit our mate um, for our next surf trip when the borders open in Zedbrew. In Zed, yeah, fuck, it's a long way off happening, isn't it? But I'd ne- love to. Maybe next year. Oh, I did want to. Uh, we got to wind this up, right? <laughs> we. Oh well, look, we don't have to. I mean, you know. I've well, let's got say we want to go ahead of me. Of- Trolling a few off the wood before yeah. I fall asleep. <laughs> I forgot that I sent that. Anyway, hopefully they don't know Danny Green will be right. Um, that's what I was going to say. Like, okay, me and you want to go on a surf trip next year. We book it for August. You can't go unless you get the vaccine, which they've rushed through in six months. Yep. Do you take the vaccine? Yeah, we take the vaccine. And what I'm I'm on board. Sign me up. Vaccines work if everybody takes it. And if you you want to freeload off me not taking the vaccine because yeah. you're the one in a million, that's fine. But if you're a majority in a million and you're fucking it up for well, everyone. Well hang on. Have you ever had a flu shot? Never had a flu shot. Neither have I. You know why? Because I've had the flu. It's it sucks, but it's okay. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And that that's the way I look at coronavirus. I was like, it's going to be a yep. very bad flu for me. Very bad flu. Yep. I'm going to be, out of, be. I'm going to be out of action for a few days. I'm going to... It I'm, may maybe less. You may not have any symptoms, yeah. but you'll still get it. Yeah. So, I just avoid the, the jab because, I, I, you know, one, I don't want to go to a doctor to get a needle stuck into me. It doesn't sound like fun. And two... Sometimes it makes you a bit, you know, a bit sick, and you get a sore arm where they jabbed you. Fuck, you're a pussy, eh? You're well, no, a real so, pussy about that. but I don't think I need it, right? If it was like, oh, by the way, AIDS is floating around, and if you don't get this needle, you get AIDS. I'll be down there straight away. <laughs> so coronavirus, yeah. I'm thinking, I, you know, fuck it, I'm not getting it, right? I'm not getting it. What if you got any grandparents left around? No, no, we talked about this last week. Like grandparents gone, None. don't care. I've got, I've got my I've got parents. one left. One. Yeah, well, okay. Shit. And look, sorry. What's my point? Is it No, but it's like uh, um, you may have it and it's not going to do anything for you, but you might give it to them. That's the that's the problem with it, right? Yeah. Sure, it's not going to affect you, but it's about you passing it on and like AIDS, you know, like people run around holding yeah, up yeah, convenience yeah. stores with AIDS in a syringe, I can kill you. But I don't have and any grandparents, it, so it's fine. It's fine. We'll stay away from my nana. I can't because you know I love her, you know? And I'm going to go and see her. I'm going to visit her every chance you I You don't get. even know her name. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Dolores. Dolores Hepworth. Marge. Marjorie. 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 I was so yeah. close. I was close. No, anyway, look, I'm not, I'm not dead against getting it, but I just I wouldn't get it for a flu, so I probably wouldn't get it for this, right? But let's say we got this surf trip yep. booked in. They say, well, you can't come to New Zealand unless you've had it. I'll just say jab me up. I think let's go. Let's get the yeah. jabby jabs. I've had jabby jabs before going to other countries, so why not just get this one? You don't want malaria, so get the jab. I just don't you want to go to hang in Bali and ha- and be free. Not even Bali, South Sumatra, wherever we fucking went. Yeah. The dog slept under my bed. That was fucked up. You ended up with bed bugs. If there was a bed bugs jab, would you get it? Yes, hundred percent. I wouldn't even read any articles about it. I just take it. I've only had bed bugs twice. One that trip to fucking Sumbawa, and then I got them in Madrid at a backpackers. 
They love you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That one that I got in Indonesia, I looked like I had smallpox. <laughs> it was so red. It was sweating coming back through the airport. Yeah. You've got your long sleeve. I put a shirt on, on to cover it because it looked like I had fucking the plague. <laughs> <laughs> so cool but I'm saying like I'm, um, the, 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 they're not going to have tested this thing it might be for that in six years time it's like oh by the way that you know out of the six COVID um, fucking injections three of them make your balls fall off or something you're like oh fuck so I just avoid it but I think if you had to have it to travel I'd take it for sure avoid it until the time I think you're probably living in the middle of anti-vaxxerhood. Over here, people are still pissing and moaning about 5G. Like, this is getting 5G. Why don't... If 5G is so hectic, why don't they just put the vaccination in the 5G yeah. radio waves that are so bad for us and infect everybody that way? Because we're all going to get it, want it somehow. Like, it's... That's mental. actually genius. WA, like, that's what... That's, <laughs> that's, that's, if 5G is as good as they say, let's use it to vaccinate everyone against everything. Vaccinate us all. Yeah, that's Boom. actually what Get it's it for. Forget it's it. Radio wave vaccinations. Take that, Byron Bay. We'll just fly a drone over the top and vaccinate everyone. Rubella's gone. We just had it's a friend stay with us actually, who doesn't didn't doesn't vaccinate because they're going to move to Byron. Is she <laughs> going to breed? He? She? She. So she, they've got a kid who's like two. Um, oh God! And has had rubella. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. Well, fucking hope they get smallpox next. And yeah. then what do you reckon hepatitis and like, whatever well, else you vaccinate against. But their point was like, oh, it's had rubella, so now it's... Fine. Fine. For a carrier. <laughs> because it didn't die. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's but just think, a risk you don't need to take. No. No. But I, I am in the thick of it here. My... My therapist was talking to me about vaccinations um, yes, yesterday because... Oh, I can't actually say why because it's to do with my work. So, don't worry about that. I had a... Um, well, the, this is like old man was... I, I was um, one of the only sick days I had two years ago. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't straighten my back. I don't know what had happened. I just slept fucked. I must have turned 30 or something. Anyway, I grabbed an umbrella as a walking stick and shuffled across Loftus Street, hunched over like some kind of full cripple from a cartoon. Anyway, got over to this uh, chiropractor and look at his reception. It's like literally from bent at 90 degrees at the waist. I turned my head to the side, looked up at this reception. It's like, I need to see the guy now. She's like, he's got no appointments. I said, I can't stand up and I'm going to sit down on your coffee table until I can see him. And so the guy comes out and he like looks at me and I was like, you need to help me. I'm not leaving. Please help. And you're like a so leper. This guy helps. I was like a fucking leper with my umbrella as like two hands on the umbrella as a walking stick. Did you have the and umbrella he, um, up? Help me. Help me. <laughs> help me, please. He, um, anyway, he sees me. He, he like gives me a little massage in the back, like works me through standing up. He gets me standing upright. He's like, right, I can't work on you. You need to go and get some x-rays before I can, you know, do anything because I need to know what's going on here. Yeah. I called a friend. I got the x-rays. I come back. Anyway, old mate's got me face down on the little chiropractor table with the, you know, like a massage table, but worse because it's got moving bits and pieces on the side. So he's halfway through adjusting me. I can't move, right? I'm half adjusted. 
you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not getting up and leaving. I'm, I'm face down. And then he starts ranting about anti-vaxxing to me <laughs> and how he can cure all this shit by manipulation of my spine. And I'm stuck, right? I can't disagree with the guy. But if I agree with him, he's I'm encouraging him. He just keeps yep. going. But I'm stuck on this fucking table. And like earlier, I couldn't walk. I'm thinking this guy's like literally, you know, Jesus reincarnate because he's got me walking again. But uh, it, it was well, a this, shambles. This is the same scenario I had yesterday where I was getting the massage and he started, he was worried that the company I work for were going to vaccinate all its um, employees with um, the coronavirus um, vaccination that doesn't, doesn't help and then we got talking about well you know they never talk about immune system strengthening and i was sort of a good point i I thought it was a great point and we had some back and forth about it and then he went he just yeah and then he kept going with it to a point beyond where i was sort of okay with it but at the same time he was fixing that shoulder that's been um you know, rooted from the 100 push-up <laughs> challenge. So I had to kind of just sort of go along with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, makes sense. Makes sense. I get it. Yep. No, 5G. I know. I know. Yep, yep, yep. I know. It's all bad. It's all bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just go yeah. along with it. But um, that's hilarious. Yeah. No, that that guy, what was his name in, in Florida with all the kids? Nah, he probably didn't do it. They were probably just giving him a massage, just like you're about to do to me. Yeah. Michael Jackson's songs are brilliant. No, you're right. You're right. They're all the same, aren't they? Um, yeah, look, I I feel like anti-vaxxers are low-hanging fruit in this society along with the 5G conspiracy theorists. Yeah. But it's all going to come out in the wash. No hat, no play. That's where they start the kids early. No hat, no play. Oh, yeah. With the um, Legionnaire's hat. Had to wear no the... No jab, l- no pub. No jab, no no surf trip. No jab, no pub. No jab, no surf trip. That's yep. it. That's fine. No jab, no pub. I just Instead take of showing it. your ID, you get gotta, it done. You want to be part of part of the society. You got to give up a few bits and pieces here. You got to take the jab to to travel. We'll take the jab. Definitely, I'm on board. Um, well, I know we're winding this up. We must have gone for two hours. This yeah. is outrageous. Well, let's wind it up. We've um, actually got a song, which, unless you, well, have you got anything else to add before we jump into the tunes? Just because we've gone too long already, just a simple one for me. Teeth whitening, yes or no? <laughs> um, I don't see why not. Like, if there's a safe way to have your teeth not yellow, then yes. But not to the point where they shine. And they're beyond white. That's would be my take. I think if you over whiten, it's easy to come back. A couple of ciggies and a few cups of coffee in the morning. Yep. yep. Three days a week, maybe every day of the week for two weeks. No worries. You could run a teeth, back on board. teeth yellowing service next door to the teeth whitening service that overdoes it. Oh, uh, yeah, like um, tattoo removals. Yeah. You've overdone it. Come on in. Come here. 16 coffees and four cigarettes and you're right to go out the door. One shade darker. Those barley goodangs without the filter. Just like pretty much a cigar, 28 milligrams of tar, right for your teeth. Get the mouth stones yellowed. Or what's the uh, the beetle nut? We'll give you just a bit of beetle nut to chew on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that look is just something. Well, here's that, some schnooshed, yeah, I've been thinking schnooshed about. take home. <laughs> Wrap that up in the up in your gob. That'll fucking ruin everything. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm on board or off board. I can't remember where we stand on that, but um, as long as there's a board, I'm involved. Um, play a tune. You've got a tune. I don't have any tunes this week. You're the master again. I've got a tune. DJ for And me, this baby. is actually a tune that I've been wanting to play. So it's a tune by a band called Shen Panther from Coolum. The drummer of Shen Panther is the singer from the band that you and I love called Chimp Militia. Chimp Militia. Yeah. Yes. Which you can't listen to because they're nowhere. But I'm going to put their music on Spotify at some point if I ever get around to it. But anyway, the drums in Chimp Militia are the best part. They're like the intro, like during that song about the gorillas, like. Oh, I well, don't, that's a I'm different drummer. Justice, but that's, yes, that's actually a different drummer. Wait, what? So Dave, who's a singer for Chimp Militia, oh, take it back. He is the drummer for this new band. Okay, right. But I hear what you're saying. I hope he lays some some vocals over, and it anyway. he sings backups as well because he's got a beautiful voice. Uh, anyway, yeah. So it's the a, Shen Panthers. The Shen are Panthers. Perfect. The song's called Pretty Pictures. It's really cool, actually. I really like it. Um, yeah, so Shen Panthers. Pretty Pictures. Hooroo. Hooroo. I'm going to post some pretty pictures of my walk on the Cape to Cape where I've seen a panther, eh? Today. 